This is Paul Nobles from e to perform I am sitting here with April Blackford. April, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hi, everyone. So today's theme, we're going to talk a little bit about um, how often you should be lifting heavy and does that support your goals. And there are a few ideas that I wanted to kind of get into with that um, because it tends to be a big concern um, for new people um, from the standpoint, am I going to get too bulky, things of that nature. And then I want to kind of walk through some of that. But then I also want to walk through the other side of things, right, where um, you start lifting weights, you really like lifting heavy, um, but then um, you're not necessarily focused on the right types of goals and things like that, right? So, um, and or maybe you're not seeing the results, and so maybe I could introduce you to some ideas that you hadn't considered. So, um, let's see. Did I? Did you say hi already? Okay. The um, I'm, I'm getting old. I can't remember things. Sorry. First of all, if you're seeing me and you're bothered by the fact that I have a hat on. Um, I apologize for that. There's not that many people that actually see this on YouTube. The good majority of people um, listen to this over the podcast. We pretty much, I don't know if I've told you this, but like we put these podcasts out and then pretty much the minute we put them out, I'd say the next morning we have a thousand people that listen to it. So it's become very popular very quickly. Um, and we have a few of the, the podcasts that have multiple thousands of listens and downloads and stuff like that. So thanks, everybody, for kind of doing that. Um, for those that don't know, basically, we are sitting here with um, – well, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing, why is he talking with his hand so much? Um, but – we're sitting here with a webinar with people. Right now we have 21 people in by the end of it. You know, usually we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 67 people that are kind of listening in. We don't typically do questions. Sometimes if there's a question or something that comes up, um, we, we might deviate from that strategy, but in general we try to have kind of a theme. And what we're going to try and do most of the time is take concepts that are being talked about in the forums, in the groups that we have. So if you're not familiar or you're just listening to this and you're considering becoming a member, um, what happens in the membership areas is a lot of these ideas come up. And uh, you know, today as an example, there's been a lot of uh, people sharing before and afters and, and showing you know their dramatic progress um i think it's sort of interesting that uh there's a lot of people that have seen a short amount of, uh, or a big amount of success in a short amount of time i have two thoughts of that and i'd love your opinion on it as well one i think a lot of these people have great work capacity or they've worked up great work capacity and then all of a sudden around the holidays you sort of loosen up a bit and in January, you get real serious about, you know, hey, it's going to be bikini season soon, <laughs> you know. I mean, I know for myself, we've been doing these challenges in the programming and training group. 
And I noticed it right off the bat, and I think I've talked about it actually in a number of the podcasts, that my body composition changed really fast when I started doing um, these daily challenges. And then in the last week, I think I think we've done like eight or nine of them. I mean, it's it's been fairly dramatic, you know, um, because I've been able to up my volume. And, and a lot of the times, you know, obviously a big theme with Eat to Perform is that volume matters and you know people that are constantly just looking at down 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 um are missing a big part of the value of just sort of having you know muscles filled with you know glycogen and kind of looking you know kind of lean um and and you know works a big part of that you know um and i think when one of the things that we sort of introduced people to that I'm starting to hear a lot more of, um, you know, just in regular blogs and things of that nature is that, you know, when you, you know, work out, that's when your muscles are asked to use the nutrients that you're eating. And if you're not eating any nutrients, you're not going to see that pumped up muscle thing, at least for a long period of time and, and kind of stick around. And so, you know, it's been kind of interesting with these challenges and then kind of like, you know, changing the parts of our bodies that we're sort of working on. We've had like roughly 50 or so people doing these challenges with me on a daily basis. You guys are all welcome to do that. It's, you know, it's in our public group. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're kind of interested in need to form what we do, what we talk about, what we think about, you know, that's a great way to start off. Any thoughts on, on that, April? Because I, I think that, you know, you're, you know, obviously, if you're not watching on YouTube, I mean, April shows up here every Monday night with a tank top on, you know, with super traps. Um, but but you're, you're an example of what I'm talking about. I was going to say with the challenges, you know, pretty soon you need to start showing up with like the cut off tank tops, like, you know, the bodybuilding all the way down real low, you know, like flexing and all that good stuff. Um, but no, the, the point that you just made, you know, that's, that's kind of the big part of eat to perform It's called eat to perform, you know, and, and I tell people all the time is, you know, with the added nutrients and the added food, you should be getting better at whatever you do and working to, you know, to, to add more work capacity and get better. And if you're not getting better, then you're not doing it right, you know, to some extent, because, yeah. you know, that's kind of the, the primary part of it. Um, so, and, and I will admit, I will be honest, and I did, I, even though I registered that I was going to the run force run, but I didn't do it. The only place I ran was to the store in my car. <laughs> the, um, so, just to explain to everybody a little bit on how I design the challenges every week, I'm going to have a run. Um, you guys could probably expect some sort of sprints here soon, but um, what I try to do is vary the parts of the body. And rather than doing something where you're doing like a whole body workout, I prefer to do a little bit more supersetting type stuff. Um, that's more body weight workouts um, and things of that nature. And there are things that you can do throughout the day. So, for instance, um, for myself, you know, I'll often do those workouts as my only workout for the day. And then, um, 
somebody else might do them as a supplement to their wad activity so they can have a little bit more volume or if they do powerlifting or something of that nature. And so we'll talk a little bit about, about that. But, you know, the part of what we're trying to do is just help people view their volume a little differently. And um, when you're able to do things with a little bit of rest and you're eating an adequate amount for what you do, I mean, I tell you that like two things are just off the chain right now. One, um, I'm eating more food than I've eaten in a very long time. And I'm not usually shy about eating food. Um, two, sex drive is off the charts. You know, I mean, it's unreal how this volume has sort of, you know, kind of increased libido um, in the process. And, you know, that was something that I talked about in one of my videos um, because I was listening to this podcast with Bill Burr and he was talking about Viagra and I don't know, I, I can't remember where I read it, but I, you know, the majority of the people that use Viagra are in their forties, um, which sort of blows me away. You know, um, this isn't the first time we've had a Viagra discussion. Um, but you know, I just think that the good majority of people don't work on heart health. They don't lift weights, you know, males and females. But but if you're a male, you know what I'm saying? Like, allow your manhood to go away. Like, like, come on, man. Are you, you, know? are you using that hard health term literally? <laughs> why, why did it need to go there, April? I don't You just started talking about it, not me. I'm trying to talk about it in a mature adult kind of way, though, not like in a – immature eighth grader kind of way um so anyway uh but yeah i mean i think that you know when if if you know you're trying to get physically fit and you're trying to get lean you know there's a lot of benefits you know in eating an adequate amount for what you do and and in work capacity um beyond just you know eventually getting abs or as you know being aesthetically pleasing um you know you'll see benefits pretty quickly you know and the nice thing about some of the volume things that we're doing you know is it's very adaptive for people that are early on in fitness which i think is is part of the reason why we're doing it so one of the things that i wanted to talk about was um, my experience with powerlifting and my experiences with powerlifting to this day. And some of what I'm going to talk about is based on my experience, but some of it's based on, um, you know, my conversations in the coaches course with high level programmers, things of this nature. So in general, when you're training things like squat, deadlift, bench press, you can get away with a lower percentage. A lot of people don't like to train that way because they like to train closer to their one rep max. The problem with cl training closer to your one rep max, especially with a lift like, like deadlift that is you know, very taxing on your central nervous system, 
is let's say that you were lifting at 80 to 90%. And let's say that you weren't lifting at 80, 90%, but let's say that you were lifting at 70% for 10 reps. You're essentially doing the same thing, right? You're, you're really going to be dragging on your central nervous system. So what is your central nervous system going to want in that scenario? It's going to want to deal with stress one way or the other, whether that be with food, whether that be with sleep, it's going to want to, you know, try and alleviate some of that. So when we talk about how we would structure volume, the one thing that, that I think is very simplistic that people don't think of it is when you are lifting weights, you're essentially trying to force a, a growth spurt, right? You're trying to force your body to adapt to the stimulus that is the heavy resistance training, whether that be with, with reps, whether that be with um, like low reps where you're trying to adapt to, you know, becoming stronger. Essentially your central nervous system is trying to adapt to that by allowing for some level of, of growth. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll be a little bit more hungry, you know, and, and these things are good things. Um, I would argue that you should kind of go with that idea, right? Um, if you look at my training yesterday, I did heavy deadlifts and I was wiped out and I was just explaining to April, I don't know if that was at the beginning of the con podcast or before we talked, but you know, I've just been starving lately. And then combined with the volume that I've been doing, it's really sort of added up. Um, but if you looked at the way that a lot of people are trying to look at it from a standpoint of calories, they would go, well, what did your Fitbit say? Well, my Fitbit said like 2,100 calories. Did you eat more than 2,100 calories? I ate a lot more than 2,100 calories. You know? So then you go, well, how do you justify that? Well, I justify it because that's what my body wanted to do, and I don't necessarily need to um, address everything on any one particular day, right? So some of the volume that I'll be doing throughout the week will allow my body to process, you know, some of the nutrients that I've been taking in in excess. And actually, on the days that you're lifting heavy, you know, there's a extremely strong argument for eating in excess on those days because it sends a signal to your body that, you know, you're allowing yourself to grow. Now, you go, well, how do you stay lean in that scenario? Well, we'll talk about that in a second but what i'm want to emphasize is that the point of lifting heavy lifting for reps you know all these things is that you're trying to grow at that point and so you always hear from people that you know they want to gain mass and they want to lose fat so this is one of the ways that you would gain ma mass in the process and so we'll talk a little bit about, you know, thoughts related to losing fat, but you don't want to really be focused on the losing fat part on the day that you're trying to gain mass. And I think that that's a very simplistic idea, 
in terms of growth spurts, in terms of eating an adequate amount of food and possibly even eating in excess that a lot of people get lost on and they wonder why they're not progressing. I'll just tell you that right now, you know, my multiplier um, is at 500. You know, it's a, it's kind of similar to Windler, but it's based off of um, Chad Wesley Smith stuff that he did for you to perform way back in the day. And so it's like reps of 10s, 8s, and 5s. Yesterday it was eight eight reps for me, um, which I think um, the highest I got to was eight reps at three fifty. I'm going to tell you right now, I am like, you know, smoking those weights, you know. But you do feel it afterwards, like I said, and and you know I was hungry, so I ate, but you know. They're they're comfortable weights for me, and I feel good about that. But I, the reason why they're comfortable is because I'm smart about what I'm doing. I'm not trying to like. I think a lot of people wish that they could see a result, right, and see progress, and then they sort of kind of stall at their higher lifts, and they're kind of if they were to examine it a little bit, they they weren't as aggressive with the food part. Any thoughts on, on what I'm saying there? Cause I want to kind of like, like break it down as we're walking into various ideas. Cause I think people are going to find it interesting where we're going. I think you kind of hit it spot on in regards to, you know, the days that you're lifting heavy, the days that you're trying to, you know, promote muscle growth, you don't need to interchange the, you know, the, the fat loss days there. Um, I think that's kind of very spot on, you know, too many people, you know, try to cut back on calories or like what you said, you know, just go by Fitbit, not listen to their body, not listen to their hunger signals, you know, and it kind of, kind of end up, ends up playing a negative for them in the long run. Yeah. So, so we'll just kind of keep moving on here. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I want to be able to do is sort of get through the main parts within about 30 minutes we might go a little bit longer today just because i think that the these ideas need to be broken down a little bit more because they're 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 big concepts so first start off okay you're relatively lean okay and we'll we'll give other scenarios as well but but in the case of the relatively lean a lot of times you'll hear from someone you know I'm scared of getting bulky if I start lifting weights. So the first thing that I want to say is if you're not eating an adequate amount of calories for what you do, that is certainly not going to be an issue um, because you're not providing your body with the nutrients that will allow for better adaptation and so you're not going to grow new tissue as a result. Actually, a lot of the times you will um, break down tissue and not provide an adequate amount of food for that tissue. And so you could actually end up uh, with more fat tissue as a result because you didn't allow for um, enough uh, food to adjust for the volume. But when we talk about like getting bulky, uh, it's it's really an interesting game. Certainly, I have talked to women that, you know, 
have gone down the path and they probably would rather that they had not gotten so bulky. But let me give you an example of what I'm referring to. I'm talking about bodybuilders that might have used like performance enhancing drugs. I'm talking about people that went extreme on the, the deep end. I mean, a lot of times we're talking about like real type A type of personalities, right? And so whenever they do anything, you know, if they were dieting previously and now they're going to try and do it with fitness, they tend to be the type of folks that sort of overdo things. And upon reflection, they think to themselves, I really wouldn't have wanted to go that far, you know? And, you know, in my conversations with them, you know, it's always been interesting just like, what did you think was going to happen? I mean, like, what did you think that these muscles would suddenly go away, you know? And, and, you know, we're, I think, I think what we're talking about is sort of people having a, like a negative relationship with themselves. I think that, you know, most people would look at these people as very capable and, you know, a great example of what, you know, a fit person looks like. Um, but, you know, whenever we're talking about dieting and body image and things like that, you know, we've all got our issues there, right? But it's not realistic if you're new to fitness to think that you're going to get bulky really quickly because you just don't have the work capacity that's going to allow for that level of adaptation. And then, like I said, the good majority of people, you know, that are in that situation, um, they're underfed coming in. So they don't have the proper amount, they don't have the proper amount of work capacity. Maybe they come from like a cardio background and then they're not, you know, eating an adequate amount of food for the adaptation. So they're not really going to see the kinds of, you know, bulk that they're super concerned about. I do think that when you get a great deal of work capacity, it sort of changes your mindset. I mean, you know, you're obviously a very muscular person, April. I mean, has there ever been a thought? I mean, if if April from 10 years ago saw the April now, you know, would she be like, oh, my God, what happened to you? You know, like, what, what would she think? You know, I, I'd be interested to know that because I think, well, I have my opinions, but I'll, I'll save them for afterwards. I don't know. I don't think I'm too bulky. I actually want to be bigger. <laughs> but but I think that everybody, you know, I think that different people have different goals and desires. You know, some women want to just have the lean, trim, you know, kind of the cardio look, you know, and some people want big traps and be able to, you know, me personally, I want to be strong, but I want to look like I'm strong. You know, I want to be strong, but I want to look, you know, I want the aesthetics with it. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, would I have ever thought that I would have loved, you know, big traps and, you know, and, you know, curls? No, not at all. I think that there would be women that would look at you and go, 
I don't know what those muscles are, but I wouldn't want those muscles, right? And I think it's okay for someone to think that, but, you know, my guess is for you, and this is what I was going to say earlier, is that your thought process evolved, right? I mean, like you probably didn't think 10 years ago that you would want traps or that you would want bigger biceps, but once you started to change your routine, all of a sudden your goals changed. Like you mentioned the cardio thing and more of a, a softer look, right? I think it's sort of interesting that there's a lot of runners that go, well, I, I want abs. And you're like, well, okay, so, so how much do you eat? Well, I eat 1,400 calories a day. How much do you run? Well, I run you know, 15 miles a day. Well, that's not a good formula for building you know, muscles, which ultimately that's what your abdominals are. They're muscles, right? But can you talk to me a little about my thought process there? I mean, did your mindset shift from, from 10 years ago to now? Oh, absolutely. 10 years ago, I didn't even know what a trap was, <laughs> you know, so, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're completely different mindset, completely different, you know, stage of life. And, you know, you, you don't know. So, so yes. So I did, you know, I absolutely evolved, but the funny thing was, was the start of my journey. I evolved to being the skinny soft look. And then I took a look at myself in the mirror and said, you know, I, I look, you know, I look kind of small. I look skinny. I need some muscles. You know, if I want abs, then I need some muscles there. And then it kind of started from there. Um, I absolutely agree with you, you know, in regards to the, you know, running, you know, the runners, you know, that's majority of them's primary goals. I want abs, you know, and I tell people all the time, I've talked to guys at the gym before that, okay, you know, hold on, hold on one second though. Cause I, I, we're going to runners. You're going to have your day in just a second here. It feels like we're getting it up on you, but we're not, you're going to have your day in just a second. All right, go ahead. No, I am not against runners. I commend them. Um, but you know, like I've, I've kind of chatted with, with the guys at the gym before and they're like, you know, there's, there's a guy right now who he's young, his testosterone levels are extremely high. He started out at like 150 some pounds and he, you know, he, he kept talking about his abs and I was like, dude, I was like, you need some muscles there. You know, if you want the cut abs like you are saying you want, you need to be okay with gaining about 30 pounds, you know, and, and getting some muscles, you know, compared to your height, you know, and slowly but surely it's kind of ingraining in his mind and, you know, the, the abs are forming, but that was the kind of the big thing for me. And even, you know, even later kind of what started me on the, you know, the, constant gain train for the past two years was even when I cut down and I had abs, they still didn't look like the type of abs that I wanted. Um, so definitely, I hundred percent agree. I definitely have evolved. So. Yeah, and I think the good, uh, that's really the point I'm trying to make is that as your fitness journey changes, ultimately um, your, the way you view yourself changes. And so you may not, think to yourself, well, I want traps like April, but then all of a sudden you start doing that work and then you, you know, it becomes very appealing. Um, and so it, but, but that, you know, it, that's the other thing, you know, comparing yourself to other people, I think ends up being kind of a, a negative road. And so as, as long as you're sort of pursuing your path, I think that that's helpful. So I think we sort of covered that. 
Um, we did have one question that I wanted to get to real quick. So to be clear, on lifting days, you need to increase calories. Yeah, you should be having the majority of your food so you can adapt. Um, on off days, decrease calories. Sort of depends. Sort of depends on really what your volume is. Like as an example, even on a rest day, um, you know, I might be going for walking and things like that that allows for my calories to be a little bit higher. And so being super rigid with that, um, I think is kind of a negative. Um, and you have to play with it a little bit. I mean, part of the idea that we're trying to introduce you guys to is that, you know, you have to have some level of experimentation and that you have to allow for some level of failure within the process, you know, and, you know, with other plans, typically if you fail, you know, they want you to be even more rigid, you know, and, and, and what we are saying is that that's part of the problem. She's now asking if she runs, we'll, we're going to talk about running in, in just a second. Okay. So now you have the other scenario where you have someone with fat to use. Okay. And a lot of times those folks tend to be a little bit stronger and they're, they're carrying more muscle on their frame. A lot of people don't realize that one of the biggest resistance tools that you have in this world is your own body. So walking through, you know, if you are a 250 pound man and you're walking through, you know, the world on a daily basis, you're going to gain muscle even if you never lift a weight because your body's trying to adapt to that extra weight so you can survive, right? That's part of how our bodies work. Now, obviously, you know, you can out-eat your metabolism. There's some level of work that needs to be done. What happens, though, is when we talk about, you know, something like powerlifting, right, where – you're really taxing on your central nervous system, but you're not often able to get in enough volume, right, to um, really kind of uh, add up to a sizable amount of calories, right? Your body's, you know, going to be trying to adapt to the changes that you're making, but it's not going to be able to adapt to 8,000 calories, as an example. And so what happens in a lot of those scenarios is you sort of get worn down because you're lifting too close to your one rep max or too close to your calculated one rep max too often. And if you just allow that growth signal to kind of continue, often you will store body fat as a result. So like in Andrea's instance, in, in, once again, I mean, if if your goal is to go to Russia and compete against the strongest people in the world, then it might make a lot of sense for you to allow your weight to get to a point where you can lift more weight and be more competitive. The good majority of us are trying to look good naked, and we're trying to use you know the things that we're doing to look like we lift weights. Um, and the problem with lifting too heavy too often and not paying attention to your central nervous system and not getting in enough volume 
is that ultimately you will store fat as a result because you're going to be eating this excessive amount of calories to try and adapt. And we often see this a lot of time with people new to eat to perform, right? We're introducing you guys to the fact that you need carbohydrates to perform better at a higher level, but people get sort of caught up in that. And, you know, you start asking them, well, you know, how many rest days do you take? What are you talking about rest days? You know, I, I train, you know, I do 15 sessions a week. It's like, well, how many carbs are you eating a day? About 700. You know, it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe we could allow for a little bit more recovery in that scenario or a little bit more, you know, um, cycling of the carbohydrates so you can allow, you know, some of that inflammation to progress. Because like I'm saying, you know, people tend to go one way or the other. Right, you know, either you're kind of like super cardio person or you're super lifting person, and it's very tempting to get caught up in the thought process of seeking PRs nonstop, right? That you know, because it seems like that's progress. You could literally get PRs easily by just gaining 20 pounds. Right, but that's not going to always fit your goals. So you want to be able to have an area where you adapt, and you might allow for a little weight gain in that process, and then you know you can certainly address that. You know, once we go further, but I think when you know I I started taking my powerlifting real seriously early on, I wasn't very concerned about gaining weight because I knew, you know. I knew my body real well at that point. I knew that I could adjust. Um, I wish that I had probably had a little bit more long endurance at that time. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, I mean, would I have been able to lift what I did? Maybe not, you know. And, you know, I don't have any problem with what I was able to accomplish and I certainly don't have any problem with the way that I look now, you know, so eventually, you know, I was able to kind of put the pieces together. But if, you know, weightlifting is part of what you're wanting to do and fat loss is your goal, you're going to have to have some volume. You're going to have to have some pieces that allow for, you know, some, you know, when you look at what we're talking about with the growth spurt, we're basically talking about being anabolic, right? Well, if you're constantly anabolic, right, you're constantly lifting weights, you're constantly having your insulin high, and you're constantly, you know, eating carbohydrates, where you're trying to stay anabolic all the time, eventually you're not just going to add lean tissue, you're going to add adipose and fat tissue as well. So what I'm saying is allowing yourself to be a little catabolic at times is not a super negative, right? It's going to keep you at a relative lean state so you can still seek your goals you know, long term. That doesn't mean that you're going to be like 4% and shredded the whole time, but you also don't want to big, dig a huge hole. I think that that's the point I'm trying to address here is that oftentimes people will will 
you know, the best example that I can think of right now is all of a sudden somebody wants to become a bodybuilder, right? And they want to get to 4% and they want to be stage ready, you know? And they realize this sucks, right? And so then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm going to become a power lifter. And then they take that to the extreme too. And what I'm saying is, is that some level of meeting in the middle is where almost all of us really want to be. And when you started down your fitness path, that's what you wanted. So don't get caught up in someone else's journey. Someone else is lifting 700 pounds or someone else is like, you know, you can see their, you know, heart beating. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like, you know, what a really lean state would be. But, you know, um, I I think that, you know, when we're talking about long-term goals and when we're talking about, you know, trying to set up your food plan and your workout plan, you know, does that fit what you're trying to do, right? And whether you're, you know, trying to do, you know, run marathons, whether you're trying to get good at CrossFit, whether you're trying to lift a lot of weight at a powerlifting meet, you know, you want to be able to do those things, but you don't want to be divorced from, you know, your long-term goals either, right? And so for a lot of the people that kind of get caught up in the PRs and they often say, you know, I don't like to run, you know, I only run when I'm chased, you know, those kinds of jokes. You know, you don't have to just run, you know, volume can take a lot of, you know, forms. And, you know, I'm sort of showing these with these body weight challenges that I've been doing on a daily basis where you can add volume without necessarily, you know, running 18 miles. Um, any thoughts on any of that? Because obviously I covered a lot of ground. I think you pretty much covered everything. I do agree about the, um, you know, whatever approach that you take, that it does need to kind of be somewhat married to your goals. That That's very, very important. Yeah, because I, I think that um, <clears throat> it's really important. Yeah, for, for example, you know, I, I had a question in the, someone had sent me a message in the forum and, you know, they've got their first powerlifting meet, very first meet, and it's in, I want to say, I think it was six weeks, but they wanted to drop to the lower weight class, which was 20 some pounds away. And, you know, and they were like, you know, oh, this is what I want to do. And I was like, that makes no sense. You know, it's your first meet, you know, you're trying to gain experience and see, you know, trying to cut that aggressively, that amount of weight in such a short period of time, it's just going to affect your performance. And, you know, you'll, you'll never perform, you know, where you should be. You know, those are goals that you would set for long term, not six weeks away, you know. So. Well, and if you look at, you know, when, when I lifted 474, um, I was 185, you know, something of that nature. And now, you know, I can lift roughly the same thing at, you know, 175, 170. And I'm pretty sure I could cut down to, you know, because it's a, it's a 24-hour rehydrate, I could weigh in at 165 
and, and probably lift the same. Well, why is that? Well, one, I've trained my central nervous system to take that beating. You know, I thought it was interesting yesterday, you know, um, I was kind of doing my sets and my wife was working out doing CrossFit. And then, you know, there was a lot of other CrossFit people. And, you know, for probably 25 minutes, I was just like sitting there. I was already done. Um, you know, I've been really using kind of these other challenges as my supplement work. Um, but people were like, well, why wouldn't you quad? I'm like, well, I, I just like destroyed myself. You know, I'm going to allow myself some level of rest, you know, and uh, I'm not going to say that everybody likes the way that I train, but I think it is kind of appealing, you know, um, especially as we're talking about doing things throughout the day. I mean, you've been able to participate in a couple of the challenges. Were you doing the, um, the push-ups today? I was, yes. Um, I'll, do, I'll participate. Yeah, you, I had some clue because you look jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll participate in certain ones if it complements because I do my, my normal training. So if it somewhat complements and, and will go with what I'm currently doing, then I'll do it. Yeah, and I, I, and I want the runners to feel a part of it, but I also want the people I – mean, we haven't really done any, like, super strength stuff because, obviously um, – uh, the you know it's body weight. Yeah. You know, well, I think the fun thing about it is is that it's stuff that everybody can do. They're like doing during the day, like in their office, shutting the doors and doing it. You know, versus you know it, it may be their rest day or you can't get to the gym or whatever. You know, so I think that's kind of the fun thing about it. Yeah. I'm wondering when you're going to add like some curls or something. You know, like you know dips and. <laughs> I've been doing uh, chin ups. You know. Um, chin-ups is basically curls with your own body, right? I agree, yes. Chin-ups is, is a predominantly bicep movement, yes. I did just get um, ab straps. Um, do you know what I'm talking about where you yeah. have the thing? Um, um, yeah. It's sort of funny because I was watching commercials today um, and they had uh, Cam Newton. And it always amazes me when um, – there'll be something on a commercial that's kind of meant to emphasize these guys extreme athleticism and like like there's like 80 women in slot that could do that you know what i mean like uh i, I think christian i think was her name yeah. where she did the um she did the sit up where she was holding the 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 boxing bag and uh with her legs and then did sit ups um Man, I mean, I'm pretty sure Cam Newton could do it, but it wouldn't be easy. You know, um, those types of things require some level of skill, so it, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to see that. Um, I don't think there's really pretty much anything that we need to talk about from, from that perspective. I mean, the last thing that I just want to say in terms of, like, building muscle and, and losing fat, can you do it at the same time? Yes. Are you better off separating the two? Probably yes, right? So does that mean that you're, you know, I mean, certainly bodybuilders, as an example, will often go up 40, 50 pounds, you know, and then cut down. Is that you? You know what I mean? Like, is that your situation? Is that what you really want to do? 
you know, because I think that the majority of us, you know, really want to um, get a good workout, potentially add some new tissue. But if I'm not, you know, adding the absolute most tissue, you know, when a bodybuilder puts on 40 to 50 pounds, you know, it's not all muscle, you know. Um, in fact, the good majority of it isn't going to be muscle, and then there's going to be some atrophy on the way down. And so I think that, you know, when we're talking about having like a more consistent plan where being on stage isn't your goal or lifting, you know, a thousand pounds isn't your goal, then we can start to have a conversation about what, you know, an aesthetic would look like. And I think for, uh, a lot of our gals that you know are new to lifting but have fat to use trying to figure out some way to have volume but also pursue their new powerlifting goals and things of that nature i think is a win-win in a major way you know because you know what's nice about lifting is that it just changes your relationship with yourself really quickly. And so if you weren't lifting and you have a fair amount of, you know, fat to use, um, it could change your relationship. But at the same time, you know, should there still be a goal where you're keeping an eye on the prize? I would say yes. And I would think one of the ways to deal with that would be volume and then periodic, you know, when you're out of season, maybe looking at, kind of a shorter cutting period so other than that do you have anything that you wanted to talk about april no no oh, we oh. Gonna the endurance. what no i'm echoing i said are we going to touch on the endurance the running the cardio well really today we were sort of talking about um kind of the the muscle side of things and I really wanted to kind of let that be the focus. Um, in terms of, of cardio, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about a little bit more of the catabolic side of things. Um, I think that that gets overplayed almost to sort of scare people into just lifting. You know, it's sort of like misery loves company. And I always hate it when a runner comes to me and they're like, but I love to run. And I'm like, I run. <laughs> I ran yesterday. You know, I mean, I, I did four miles two days ago, and then I, I went for a ruck later that evening with my wife. So, you know, cardio is something that is a part of my life. I noticed that my, my resting heart rate's a little higher than I would like it to be. Some of that's, you know, kind of a seasonal thing for me, but also, um, you know, not being able to run near as much because it's, you know, it's sometimes 10 below here in Minnesota. And so it's not always easier to kind of get that in. So I'm sort of looking forward to kind of March. I'll be in San Diego next week, which, by the way, um, no podcast next Monday because I will be flying into San Diego next Monday night. So, um, so there's that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we, we cover the running thing a, a lot. I don't think that that really needs to be brought up here necessarily, but we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, when we're talking about kind of adding volume. But when we're talking about adding volume, running is certainly a piece that you can have there. And then I think if we got into running, we'd have to get into kind of high-intensity training 
And I feel like that that might be something that we would want to explore in its very own podcast. So I appreciate everybody being here. I hope this was helpful to you guys, and we'll talk to you guys later. Good night, everyone. All righty. Bye-bye.